0: Help me welcome our campuses one more time right now, and everybody watching online? All right. Great to be with everybody. Are y'all ready for part two of Mad World? Mad World. Remember, last weekend, we talked about being prepared. We talked about being prepared, and we looked at the parable of the ten virgins. Remember, it still applies to you, even if you're not a virgin. It's a joke. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. But we looked at the principle that spiritual preparation cannot be bought or borrowed. So what I want to do this weekend is I want to take a look back in history to a time where there was another mad world. It was the world of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's right. Pastor is preaching on Sodom. So buckle up, buddy boy. Because it's going to be a ride. What we're actually going to look at is we're going to look at, at, at Lot. Remember, Lot was Abraham's nephew. And Lot, uh, through the family of Abraham, was in covenant with God. And, and Lot ended up kind of drifting in to Sodom. And really, if you look at Lot's life, it's, it's really a life of someone who was a believer but descended into madness. And so we're going to take a look at... Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot's life and kind of the process of that descent, so hopefully we can avoid it, amen, because even though we're in the world, we're not of the world. So even in this mad world that's full of lust and temptation and sin and everything else like that, we need to remember that we're citizens of heaven and God's called us to live for him. So here's what I want to do, I want to just read a, a, a couple of scriptures, and actually I'm, I'm reading a lot of scripture, but y'all are ready for it, right? Especially when you're reading about Sodom and Gomorrah, that's kind of, you know, kind of interesting there. So, uh, but let me, l- l- listen to what Jesus says here, first in Luke chapter 17, verses 26 through 30, and remember last weekend we talked about that this is the midnight hour, that no one knows the you know, when Jesus is coming back, but we can just kind of look at the insanity of the world and we ask ourselves the question, you know, how much longer uh, can it go on? And look what Jesus says here in Luke chapter seventeen, twenty-six. He says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also, look at this, in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is is saying kind of when all of this, happens his return and judgment and and all of these things it's it's going to catch people by surprise we're just going to be going on our daily lives and doing our daily routine but then all of a sudden those that aren't prepared those that don't know Jesus are going to be caught by surprise and you know It's interesting, when we think of Sodom and Gomorrah, a lot of times, you know, we just kind of think of the sexual sin or the perversity, but I want to bring out another scripture in Ezekiel to give you a little bit bigger context of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Look what it says in Ezekiel chapter 16, 49 and 50. It says, now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. Doesn't that kind of sound similar to kind of Jesus, if you're familiar with Revelations, Jesus' letter to the church in Laodicea, where there was a lot of worldliness and, and, and sin going on. He says, you know, you, you, you think you're, you're, you're well off, but you're not. It's just because you, have all the, you think you have all this money and all this stuff and all this prosperity that everything's okay, but you don't realize that, that you're, it's not okay. He says... Uh, that's talking about the sin of Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them as you have seen. Now let's go over to Genesis chapter 19, and I'm going to kind of go through this story as quickly as I can. Genesis 19, look at verse 1. So, So let me give you some context here. So here's what's going on. These angels have appeared to... Abraham and they said, hey, God's going to destroy Sodom. The the cries, children were being exploited. We just read the sins out of Ezekiel. Their cries had reached heaven, and God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom. And so Abraham knows that his nephew Lot is in Sodom. And so if you're familiar with this story out of Genesis, this is kind of the famous Abraham intercession. You know where he says, God, if there's just 50 people in Sodom, will you spare it? And God says, I'll spare it for 50. How many of you are, maybe have heard of that story before? And then Abraham, Abraham says, okay, God, well, if there's 45, come on, Abraham doesn't have much confidence in Sodom. He knew what was going on over there. And Abraham's like, hey, hey, how about 45? God, and God says, all right, there are 45 righteous people there. I'll spare it for 45. And then, then, then Abram went like full-blown auctioneer, like, well, hey, what about a 40, 44? Okay, God, you say, that's 35, 35, 35. Hey? I got 35 over here. 30, 30, 30, 30. 25, 25. Yeah, hey, I got 20. That's pretty good, huh? See, we need to have like a, 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 a building, a heart for the house offering like that. Where I can a, hey, now I got 5,000, 5,000 over there. I got 5,000. I got 6, 6, 6, 7, that's in my fantasy world. <laughs> but it was real interesting, if you're familiar with that intercession, A- Abraham gets down to 10. He gets, guy bargains, God, all the way down to 10. He says, Lord, if there's 10 righteous there, will you spare the city? And God says, yes. Watch this. And then Abraham left. In other words, God never stopped saying yes. I often wonder, if Abraham would have got down to one, I think God would have said yes. Because we serve a merciful God. Yeah. So, But he didn't. <laughs> and so here's what happens. God says, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy the this, this city. So we obviously know now that there's not ten righteous in there. But there is Lot in there. So the angels are going to get Lot to get him out of the city. Okay, and it says, so now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening. Sodom, it, it was, as I said, it was a prosperous, progressive city of that time. It had terrible sin and sexual sin. It says, now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. But they said, no, we will spend the night in the open square. And Lot's thinking, "Mm, you must not know what this place is all about. That's not a good idea. And he says, "Uh, but he insisted strongly, so they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made a feast and baked them unleavened bread, and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out through the So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See, now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do with them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason that they have come under the shadow of my roof. Gee, thanks, Dad. And this verse right here, and I'm, I'm going to pick it up in, in a little bit, this shows you Lot's descent into madness. That see, he's, he's totally become, he's not just in Sodom, he's become Sodom. He's become part of Sodom. And there was this custom there that when, when strangers come uh, to, to your house, you do everything to protect them. But obviously, Lot had been in Sodom so long that his, his standard of morality and his, he, he, he'd gone into madness here he's offering his own daughters. Look at verse 9. And, and, and here's what the guys of the city said. They said, hey, stand back, they said. This one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. In other words, they're basically saying, hey, hey, you're a foreigner. You're an outsider. You know what? Lot should have remembered that. That's right. He was an outsider, in other words, he was in Sodom, but he shouldn't have been of Sodom because we're in the world, we shouldn't be of the world. You need to remember, we need to remember, we're foreigners here, where our citizenship is in heaven. Come on, this mad world isn't our home. And then it says, they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door, but the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house, that's the angels, with them shut the door and they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so they became weary trying to find the door. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, whoever you have in this city, take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place because the outcry against, outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who married his daughters and said, Get up, get up out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. See, when, you, when you're so into sin and worldliness for so long, and then you try to bring God into the picture for anything, <laughs> what are you talking about? What, God? We haven't heard you talk about God for years. What? Were you crazy? Actually, he had going crazy crazy in the world he seemed to be joking he says look when the morning dawned the angels heard urged Lot saying arise take your wife and your two daughters who are here lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city look at verse 16 while he lingered everybody say lingered like he's not leaving He, he lingered the men took hold of his hand his wife's hands the hands of his two daughters the Lord being merciful to him everybody say thank you Jesus And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they brought him outside that he said, the angels say, escape for your life. Do not look behind nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, please know my lords. Indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased your mercy which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains lest some evil overtake me and I die. You know like the evil of Sodom wasn't enough that had overtaken him verse 20 see now this city is near enough to flee to it is a little one Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one in my social life? That's so prophetic because if you look at the story of Lot's life, his life is all about settling for the little, settling for less, settling for less than God had for him. And you know what? When you settle in sin and you settle in worldliness and all that stuff, what you're doing is you're settling for a little life. You're settling for less. God has so much more for you. Verse 21, and he said to him, here's what the angel said, All right, see, I favored you concerning this thing also, and that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Now hurry, escape, therefore I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens, so he overthrew those cities, all the planet, all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground but his wife lots' wife lots wife looked behind him and she became a pillar of salt i want to speak to you for about 20 more minutes this morning i have entitled this message rain of fire rain of fire lord help us to hear your word today god that we will not allow ourselves to descend into the madness Of this world. God, I thank you that we're foreigners here, Lord. Our home and our citizenship is in heaven and we're called to live for you and not this world. In Jesus name and everybody said amen. So here's what I want to do real quickly. I want to walk you through this four-step process of how Lot went from, you know, a follower of God, a believer, and how he gets to this situation right here in his life and actually we see the first step in this process back in Genesis chapter 13. Look at this scripture here. Look at this, it says, And Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and look, at, look and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. Now, let me tell you what this verse is saying. He, he wasn't in Sodom yet, but when they settled in this place, Lot, it was like this, Lot took his tent, he, 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 he made his camp, he pitched his tent, some translations say, toward Sodom, or facing Sodom. In other words, every morning when Lot got up, he would walk out of his tent, and there's Sodom. I'm sure he'd think about, man, that's kind of the progressive city, and, you know, Lot was a country boy, you know, he didn't. Never been in a city like that. You know, he's heard things. It's kind of interesting in the pull and the allure. You see, because eventually your actions will follow your thoughts. Do you see? And what Lot started doing was he wasn't in Sodom yet, but he started leaning towards Sodom. Leaning towards towards temptation and here's the process first you lean towards Sodom then you live in Sodom then you become Sodom are you following me and this leads to the first step in this kind of demise here the first thing was carelessness carelessness in other words, he 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 got careless. He thought, you know, that he, he wasn't in Sodom. He'd just get close to Sodom and he would, you know, where he could just kind of kind of be around it, you know, just kind of look at it. He wasn't in there, he wasn't doing anything, but he was leaning in to temptation. Here's what I want to ask you. Are you have you gotten careless? Are you leaning in to temptation? Oh, you're not doing anything yet. You know, you, you and your secretary hadn't done anything yet. You know, y'all are just having lunch every day in your office, just getting to know one another, just friendly conversation. Are y'all going to let me preach this today? Just look at someone near you and say, Pastor's not mean. He's just trying to help. Come back next Sunday. I'll be nice next Sunday, okay? But what are you doing? Yeah, you're not doing anything yet, but what are you doing? You know what you're doing? You're pitching your tent towards Sodom. You're leaning in to temptation. Yeah. Or you're around this group of people, or you go to this place, or, you know, you're, 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 you're not doing it, but, man, you're, you're leaning in. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said this. He said, here's here's how you avoid carelessness. He said, watch and pray. In other words, be alert. Watch, like realize what's going on and pray. Here's what he says. He says, the spirit's willing. You're born again, spirit. It wants to follow God. It wants to obey God, right? It wants to resist temptation. He said, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. Watch and pray lest you... Look, he doesn't say watch and pray lest you sin. He says watch and pray lest you enter what? Temptation. You've got to pray so that you don't start leaning in to temptation. Because here's the thing about our flesh. It wants to sin. Your Human nature wants to sin. It doesn't want to obey God. It wants to go into madness. It wants to experience everything. It wants to find out everything. Do you see what I'm saying? And when it's doing that, you know what it's not doing? It's not showing you all the consequences of those actions. <laughs> but your flesh is constantly being pulled. Y'all know I'm a duck hunter, right? Do y'all know that? If you didn't know that, it's time to deal with that fact. I kill ducks. I'm a cold cold stone killer. (laughs) If they let me, I go shoot them in that pond out by the road, I'd cook them tonight. I'm from Louisiana, y'all deal with it. (laughs) You know what Cajun food in Louisiana, you know all that that, that real expensive Cajun food y'all pay all that money for? You know what it really is? Whatever, we pull out the ditch, we hit over the head with a club, we put some spices on it, and we sell it on a plate for $40. <laughs> Give it a French name. <laughs> but I love duck hunting. I shoot and I eat ducks. And if you eat Chick-fil-A, you eat and killed birds too, so I saw I'm saying. <laughs> I love duck hunting. I never forget... A couple of years ago I was with with one of our staff and we were up duck hunting in Oklahoma and it was over January, over the holidays. And man, this one morning it was freezing. Are you ready for this? When we got up that, that morning, we looked at the temperature. The temperature was zero, zero degrees, zero degrees. But fortunately, just so you'll know, your pastor has every type of camo for any weather situation. I've got camo on top of camo, on gear on top of gear. I've got anything for any situation. So like all my friends, they're always, you know, making fun of me. But here's the deal. It's all fun and games till it's zero degrees. And then all of a sudden, camo man looks pretty smart. <laughs> As I pulled out my Arctic duck hunting suit that I hadn't worn in three years. So anyway... We got to this place. The only place that we could hunt was this river because all the other water holes were frozen over and there was this river and it was, you know, it had this pretty fast flowing river but there were these eddies around it where these ducks would come in and so we go there early in the morning. It's dark. Of course, everyone is freezing except me, camo man. I got the gear. I'm rolling. It's not a deal to me. And so, so what you do is you get on the bank of this river. We got on the bank of this river, and if you know duck hunting, what you do is you, you, you get on the bank, and then you kind of got to make yourself a tent, like a blind. And you kind of pull up, you know, limbs and grass and all that. You're kind of making your little place to, to, to hide, you know, uh, from the ducks that you're going to call in. And so we got to this place, and it was dark, and you could kind of see the river, but not really. You could just hear it down there. And, and so we got on the, the bank of this river, and I kind of made my Tent, my little blind, so to speak, and, and the gravity on this bank, I could never really get comfortable, you know, because you kind of got to stand up when a duck comes over. I couldn't really get comfortable, and so I just kind of repositioned myself, and then I thought that was good, but then uh, I kind of needed to do it again. I couldn't really get comfortable, and then I'd kind of move a little bit and make it a little bit this way. All of a sudden, it gets Daylight. And I'm not kidding. When it got bright enough to see, I was I mean, my foot was right on the edge of that riverbank. If I would have stood up, I would have gone right in the river. It would have been a disaster. So I'm like, oh my, how did I get here? And I look back up. My first blind that I made when I got there in the dark. It was like 20 feet back up the bank. But watch, that gravity just had a steady pull, and I could never really get, as long as I was on that bank, I couldn't really get situated, and it was dark, and I didn't really know where the... River is. It's what happens when we get careless. You don't even realize that you're getting too close to the edge. But the gravity, that pull on your flesh is coming. And before you know it, you're in. Carelessness. Jesus said, no, no, watch and pray. Not that you don't sin. Jesus said, watch and pray that you don't enter temptation. Temptation. The spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. Now, here's the good news. Your willing spirit, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God doesn't want anybody falling off the edge. Okay, God doesn't want want anybody. But here, it's your responsibility. Don't get careless. Don't get sloppy. Don't think that you're immune to something just because you love your wife or just because oh i would never do that or just because you can ask king david about that you know what king david did you know what his problem was he was all tired you know what he was doing he was going out on his roof at five o'clock in the evening you know what happened at five o'clock in the evening on roofs girl be bathing <laughs> girls be up in that shower But he's King David, right? He's a man after God's own heart, right? He's the one who brought worship to Israel, right? He's God's chosen one, right? Right, David didn't have a lack of integrity. David had a lapse in judgment when he got careless and probably thought that it wouldn't happen to him and I'm just going to pitch my tent, get a little view in, in the afternoon. Come on, don't get careless. You follow me? Let's give God a hand. Because here, here's where it it leads. If you're careless, then it's going to lead to the next thing, and that's conformity. Conformity. When you're careless, then all of a sudden, here's what we see in Lot. Okay, he was leaning towards Sodom. All of a sudden, he's moved to Sodom. He's in Sodom. He's conforming to Sodom. Instead of realizing, no, okay, okay, listen, listen, Lot. You're you're in the world. You're not of the world. The problem was when Lot got in the world, he became of the world. And that's why the Bible says this. Instead of conform, what does Romans 12, 1 and 2 say? Be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we all have a choice. You know what? We're either going to conform to the world we're either gonna descend into the madness, we're either gonna be conformed or we're gonna be transformed by the renewing of our mind in the Word of God. Come on. The Word of God is our only hope. It's our only hope and I'm telling you, if you don't have the Word of God, eventually something is gonna pull you into conformity. Remember this, bad, bad company, the Bible said, corrupts good morals. And we have a decision. We're either going to be conformed or we're going to be transformed by the power of God. When we conform, you know what we do? Like a lot, we settle for less. We have a little life. When we're transformed by the word of God, come on, we begin to step in to the promises of God, to a big life, to an abundant life, to more. He went from carelessness. He went to conformity. And then the next thing was corruption. Here's where we see he's totally descended into the madness, offering his daughters, all that. And not only that, here's how we know how corrupted Lot got. The angels, follow me, the angels, Lot, God's going to destroy this place. What's Lot start doing? Lingering. Well, we got to go right now. Let me cook y'all something out. What y'all, what, what? when we got to go, God going to do what? I would have loved to see what the angels were doing to Lot. I want to do something like this. Lot, look at me, Lot. Watch, watch this, Lot. (laughs) Do you understand, Lot? God is destroying this place. Lot, we got to get out of here. The Bible basically says what? He, he couldn't leave. He's lingering. He can't leave. He's, he's, he's totally in bondage god literally the angels literally have to take his hand and drag him out of there that is the insanity of sin you know where it's taken you you know it's taking you to heartache you know it's taking you a terrible consequence but we've gotten so corrupted and, and 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 can't see the truth we we don't know how to get out the good thing is god knows how to get you out he'll he'll take you by the hand if you'll let him but here's what i'm saying before that has to happen, how about let's just don't get in that place in the first place. Look at this. Genesis nineteen 7, uh, seventeen. here's what the a- angel said. Lot, don't look back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, don't look back. Don't stop. Everybody say, don't look back. Don't stop. Say, don't stop. Or look, you'll be swept away. Say, swept away. Here's how people go from carelessness to conformity and then to corruption. Here's how they get into corruption. It said, don't look back. You know what people start doing? They start looking back at other things, sometimes in their former life or former sin, to solve their problems. They start looking back Instead of what the Bible says, forgetting what is behind, I press on forward to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. People start looking back at other things besides Jesus to try to give them relief or solve their problems. But but here's what's going to happen. As you're looking back, looking back will eventually become turning back. Looking back will eventually become turning back. And that's how we get back in. But We're looking back. Oh, let me look up this old person on Facebook. We're looking back. Well, man, you know, maybe, no, I had that addiction, but, you know, just a couple of pain pills. That, you know, looking back. Are y'all still letting me preach this? I got about five minutes left. Yeah. I promise you this. You keep looking back. Your looking back will turn into turning back. What do they say? Don't stop, don't stop. You know how believers get into corruption? They 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 stop, they stop taking spiritual steps. They stop coming to church, they stop reading their Bible, they stop moving forward spiritually, they stop giving. Can I tell you this? Don't stop. Keep taking those steps. Keep progressing in God. Come on, keep getting in the Word. Come on, keep coming to church. Don't stop. Don't stop. You keep giving to God. Don't stop. Don't stop. You keep believing God. Don't stop. Don't stop. Or you'll be swept away. So many people end up getting swept away by the things of this world. They don't process pain in a healthy way. They get too discouraged. They don't know how to bring that to God. It's what Jesus said. You know, remember Jesus said the cares of this life. Some people, they just get consumed with the cares of this life, the pain, the trouble, and they stop bringing those things to God, and eventually they get swept away. And all of a sudden, you look around, and how did I get here? Well, first I was careless. and I kind of conformed. Now I'm in corruption. Now I'm in bondage. What do I do? It's real simple. You just go back to Jesus. I'm going to show you where Jesus, watch. I'm going to show you right here. Show you right here. Here's what Jesus was saying to people that were in this kind of worldliness and corruption. It's it's in his uh, letter to the church at Laodicea. Here's what he says, 319, he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Aren't you glad that God loves you enough to correct you and he loves you enough to rebuke you? Thank you, Jesus. Look, therefore be zealous and what? Repent. Man, repent, some people don't like repent. Man, repent is an awesome word because the Bible says repentance leads to life. You know what repentance is? Repentance is just saying, Lord, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for hurting our fellowship. God, I'm sorry for going my own way. And you know what, Lord, watch. Watch. You don't have the power to change yourself. You don't even have the power to help yourself, but you do if you're in bondage, but you do have the power to repent and turn to Jesus and ask Jesus to get involved in your life. And I'm telling you, he's your help. He's your redeemer. He's your strong tower. He's your deliverer. I wish somebody would help me preach this Sodom message because it's actually a message of hope. Look, here's the best part. You repent. Look what Jesus says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's just right there. Right there with you in your bondage, in your sin. He's just right there. Just will you please let me in? Please let me in. Look, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, see, repentance is the first step to opening the door. anyone who opens the door, look, I will come in and down with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Here's what Jesus says, you repent, you invite me into the situation. Guess what, me and my father are coming in with all of our power, and we are gonna get you out of that predicament. Come on, there might be a bit of a process, but Jesus says, you let me in. Come on, freedom's coming in, help's coming in. He's your helper. But if we don't repent, if we don't let him in. Then it goes from carelessness to conformity to corruption. And then finally, consequence. Consequence. And their lot saw fire rain down on Sodom. Sodom and Gomorrah where worldliness and sin, and we could say the fires of lust reigned. But here's what you need to know. Where fire reigns, fire will reign. Where the fires of sin and worldliness and lust reign, eventually the fire of judgment will reign. But as the Bible says, God has better things for you. And I want you to remember in that verse or out of Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says, you know what, you repent, you let me in, I'm going to get you free. And he says, hey, you know what, he who overcomes, he's, 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 he's encouraging you, look, I want you to sit on my throne with me. Because I, I overcame. Now I'm in you. I'm going to help you overcome. See, here's the thing. God doesn't want to give you a consequence. He wants to give you a crown. That's the truth. He doesn't want to give you a consequence. He wants to give you a, a crown. And you have everything you need. You have the blood of Jesus. All of your sins are forgiven. Think about Lot. The Bible says that Lot was righteous. Yeah, Lot got out. Of judgment, But look at the consequence of Lot's w- life and his family. What did his wife do? His wife's an ever reminder. She turned a pillar of salt right by the Dead Sea. An area that has no life. What's it a reminder of? If we turn back from the profession of our faith, there will be no life. There's no life outside of Jesus. Jesus is life. And God's saying, look, I don't want to give you a consequence, I want to give you a crown. But even Lot, think about it. Yeah, he escaped, but you, you probably know the story of his daughters because of all that sin. And then when they got where they were going, his daughters didn't have a husbands because they got, they got destroyed. And so what did they do? They got their father drunk. They had incest with their father, and they gave birth to the Moabites, a pagan nation that sacrificed their children into the fire into demon gods terrible consequence God doesn't want to give you a consequence He wants to give you a crown Jesus said I didn't come to condemn the world I came to save the world Jesus is right there. He's ready. He's reaching out his hand. He's knocking at the door. He wants you to pull you out of there. Let me tell you what Jesus wants you to hear. Jesus wants you to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in into the joy of the Lord. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's not. At, he knows that we're going to mess up. He knows that we're going to make mistakes. He knows there's going to be seasons where we're unfaithful. But, you know, when we're unfaithful, he's still faithful. But what he does want us to do is he wants us to get back up and keep moving forward. He doesn't want us to start looking back and then turning back and stay back and go back down. Come on. God wants to pick you up. And he wants you to hear, well done, good, and faithful serve it. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Come on, we serve a faithful God. He's faithful. He forgives you. Invite Jesus in.